Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host Joe River. Joining me today is Ian Doyle. How are we Ian? I'm okay, yourself Joe? I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. I'm Beth Lindup, how are you? Very good, thank you. Nice to see you. Welcome to the Blood Red podcast. Liverpool are back top of the league. Um, well, they were knocked off very briefly by uh, Man City. Um, after a 3-1 win over Burnley on Saturday... Um, I think we both predicted 3-1. We both predicted 3-1, and I would like to yeah. point out that in my assessments of what I thought was going to happen, Burnley uh, are very good until the final third where they can't seem to score many goals, and they're not very good at set pieces, yeah. which is exactly what yeah, happened. Play. Yeah, but um, I'm taking that as a rare victory for me. Yeah, rare victory. Liverpool will finish fifth this season was another one of your It's not over yet. It's I'm not, not over yet. I'm not going to stop reminding it's people not over yet. But, but, yeah. Hang on, I'm the one who's reminding people as well. It's, it's a good example of how well they've been doing. Yeah. If I thought they were going to finish fifth, that they are top of the league with 14 games. Well, a good, good example of how much of a pessimist you are. I would like to yeah, think of it right. as though I have inspired them to greater heights than many would have anticipated. Well, why we are reminding people, um, we are live on YouTube, live on Facebook. So if you've got a question, um, pop it in the comments uh, on Facebook. Our, our um, producer Ian will send them to me. And on YouTube, I'm keeping an eye on myself. So uh, we'll have a look there. And... You're keeping an eye on yourself? Yeah, well, I am, quite literally, and also (laughs) keeping an eye on the comments. Um, And if you are watching on YouTube, um, give us a like, subscribe, press the bell to get notifications. It will all help us very much, and we would very much appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Um, We'll start with you, Ian. Um, Yeah, um, a trickier test than perhaps many might have expected. Apart from me and you. Apart from me and you, yeah. But... um, (laughs) Liverpool got the job done and, and sometimes that's what it's all about, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, you look at City's game, which I did watch uh, almost all of it, actually, against Everton, where they weren't particularly it was great. Rubbish, but... wasn't it? It was a rubbish game to watch. I wouldn't say it was a rubbish game to watch. I just think it was a game where Everton were pretty comfortable until City scored. And that was the end of that because yeah. you knew Everton weren't going to yeah. score by that point. Uh, but then that's... To be fair, that's not what how Liverpool's game went, but it's an example of a team doing enough to get the victory. And that's what you have to do at this stage of the season because we're not quite at the running yet where things change. We're at that period, certainly for Liverpool, where they've got a League Cup final coming up, an FA Cup game coming up. Um, they've got Europe will be starting in a couple of weeks as well. I think City are in more or less the same boat part of the League Cup final. Arsenal, obviously, not in the FA Cup. Um, we'll do beat them. Uh, they've got the Champions League coming up as well. So... It's just a matter of getting the job done. We've seen a lot of times in recent years, February's normally the month where Arsenal would mess it up, wouldn't they, and get knocked out mm-hmm. of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do really well for five, six months, and then it can just go like that. Yeah. And I think for Liverpool, they've just got to keep on getting those wins. That's what they did. And what made it more impressive is that 
as we know from our podcast on Friday, they started with nine players missing. Admittedly, yeah. there was a one play who was involved Simicast that we weren't expecting, and then Allison obviously dropped out. But then by the end of the game, they lost another two in Graven Birch and in Trent Alexander-Arnold. So to get the job done as they did against a Burnley team who are improving, they came from 2-0 down, didn't they, against Fulham to get a point uh, the previous week. And I think they're going to... I mean, to be honest, I, think, I still think they'll get relegated. Oh, I just don't yeah. think they've got enough up front, but you'd be a little bit sorry that they'd gone because at least they're giving it a bit of a proper go. And the fact that they've done that all the way through, just looking at Burnley for a sec, yeah. means that over these last 14 games, they've given themselves to go for. Because I thought in spells they played quite well. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Kelleher making two good saves at important times, one very early on, the second one when Liverpool, they'd just gone two on up, hadn't they? Um, built one-on-one saves, diff- different in the way that he achieved them. That. You know, that that's he'd made the saves that had Allison made them, everybody would be like, Well, they're the kind of yeah. saves that help win your games, win leagues, etc. Yeah. I, I think they're they're not the same Burnley. I think at the start of the season they were trying to play a certain way and getting swatted aside, but they seem to have grown into their game. Well that, but, that, but that, that kind, yeah, that kinda of, that kinda of comes, doesn't it, from yeah. the experience of playing and they've made a couple of sign ins. I mean Fafana was quite good, wasn't he? Um but yeah. I mean the best player I thought in the first game at Boxing Day is the guy who scored, O'Shea. I thought he had a good game against Liverpool at, at, at Turf Moor and he had a score at Anfield in front of the cup. So, hmm. well done to him. And that's it for the Burnley podcast. <laughs> Do you want to go back to talking Liverpool? Um, it's impressive, I suppose, for Liverpool this season that they, they, they seem to have the personnel that even when games aren't really going in their, going their way, they brought Harvey Elliott off the bench, albeit enforced, but he seems to have an impact almost immediately. The front three... You know that they seem to have an impact every game. At least one of them this time, all three of them. So Liverpool have those different players in their squad, don't they? Capable of turning games, and that's what happened. Yeah, I mean it's a bit of a cliche, but that's the hallmark of, of champions, really, isn't it? Being able to grind out results in, in different ways, and when you're not necessarily playing well, and Liverpool didn't play well. I don't think the, the first half they were quite slow, quite lethargic, to look a little bit tired, the same way that they did against Arsenal the previous week. And then second half, I thought Harvey Elliott was excellent. I thought he, he changed the game coming on at half-time, even though it was a, an enforced change. Um, Andy Robertson, I thought, really grew into the game as it went on with Haruendo as well. So I think you know Liverpool just did enough to get the job done. And in the end, it was fairly comfortable. And I was, as Doyley said there, Burnley, um, you know, they, they forced Keller into a couple of, of decent saves. But I think sort of by the hour mark, you, you felt that, mm-hmm. that Liverpool, you know, had firm control of, of the game and, and were going to go on and, and win it. But yeah, I mean, not going going back to the uh, the Blood Claret podcast about, uh, about Burnley, but I think they are a very different side. I was I was quite impressed with them actually. They, they played, they can play football, um, which is you know it's always nice when a side comes up and you know not nice when they go straight back down playing football. But um, you can see now why they're sort of sticking with Vincent Company because I did sort of around Christmas time I did think you know why are they not you know getting rid of him and and trying to salvage something and, and bring someone in. But I think you watch them you know at the weekend and you can see why because I think they've got a good chance of if they go down maybe get a, a bit more quality in and they, they could come sure, back up. sure this is the Burnley yeah, podcast Burnley yeah, yeah. yeah if you've got a question about Burnley <laughs> comments we'll try and come to it but also Liverpool um, were very professional and got the job done in the end nice segue yeah nice segue um, let's talk Harvey Elliott because um, does he play for Burnley <laughs> yeah. Yeah. play for Blackburn <laughs> he played for Blackburn that's close to Burnley yeah, yeah. Harvey yes now the uh, I mean been a strange season for Harvey Elliott because I feel like when we see him quite often, he seems to have an impact in games. Mm. Um, he seems to, to be quite decisive, but he can't really get the team from the off quite often. And and um, I think Van Dijk said, didn't he, that he, he just has to kind of keep his head down and carry on going and eventually he will get in the team. But, I mean, 
he could come out this season and if Liverpool do lift silverware, be be really cru- crucial to those to those wins, couldn't he? Really crucial. Thank crucial. you. Um, you said it sounded like crucial. Uh, nearly said, you nearly did. Um, Harvey, two things about Harvey. One, he's 20. In fact, he's not 21 until April. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm right in saying that. But he's only two appearances off making 100 for Liverpool. Um, so he's still young, but he's got a lot of experience. And that, I mean, here's the thing, right? He's 20, mm. and he's been playing for a couple of years now for a team who two years ago got to the Champions League final and a top of the league, and he was involved. Okay, I know you play. He was in the squad, wasn't he, for the Club World Cup back in 2019 because he'd not long joined. So he's already in, involved in this. So he's been there for five years now. Mm. In fact, just coming on to five years. It's a lot of experience for a player that age. Going back to Burnley's neighbours, Blackburn, he, he benefited an awful lot from that loan spell and just going as an aside, as we tend to do on this podcast. Yeah. Um, for a very long time, when a player went out on loan from Liverpool, it was like, that's it, the end. But I think with Harvey, look at Gerald Quanta, he's another one mm-hmm. who's, who's gone out on loan and come back and done well. I think for if they get the loan spell right now, they are given the opportunity to come in and see what they can do. And I know a lot of that sounds a clop and we'll have to wait and see what happens with, with whoever the new manager is. But Elias Bennett benefited from that. His season, they played 12 cup games Liverpool. He started 11 of them. Mm-hmm. They played 24 league games and he started three. Yeah, And I think that kind of shows you the difference he's been getting. There's only him and Darwin Nunes that have been involved in every single game. The season turns up in the matchday squad. I think Nunes has only didn't come on in one game, which was the Tottenham game where he's about to come on and Jota got yeah. sent off and then they couldn't bring him on. But Elliot, yeah, he, he came on. He, I think almost because he's not playing all the time, that makes him even, you know what he's like as a person. You've seen yeah. enough interviews with him. Big Liverpool fan, very committed. He wants to be involved. He wants to make his mark. And yeah, when he does come on, he almost always does do something, as you say. I mean, even without the assists, which I think he's only going to get in one counter, isn't he? Because the cross took yeah, a deflection for the Diaz yeah, one. He just brought, you know, tempo. He brought a yeah. bit of, he's not the fastest player in the world, but he brings pace in terms of the possession. Yeah. And one thing that Harvey's very good at is being careful in possession. He yeah. uses the ball very, very well. Him and Curtis Jones are the same, actually. Yeah. They're two very, very good with that. That's the one thing that I've been banging on for years about Harvey the first time I saw him play. Is he was, he, first thing he got was like, he knows how to look after the ball and he can control it as well. And when you're in the intensity of a Premier League game like that, if, you, if you're if you saving time doing all of that, it all adds up. Yeah. So that's why he's so important for Liverpool. And yeah, the problem he's got is that he hasn't got a position. They tried him out. Yeah. They, I mean, the, he has got a position. It's the right side of the midfield three. But Saboslai plays there. And he can, he can also play on the right wing. But Salah plays there. Now, that we both we know that they're both not going to play every single game, which is why Harvey's getting his minutes. But... If there was a big game, like a cup, the League Cup final, if they're all fit, he's not playing. And I think he knows that as well. But the fact that he won't be 21 till April, as I say, he's got loads of time on his side. He only has to look at Curtis Jones. You know, he was in and out of the team, very similar way. The only thing about Harvey's only had that one injury, was Curtis obviously yeah. had loads. Um, the Curtis is, we'll come on to him in a bit, he's kind of made himself yeah. indispensable by being so versatile. And that's one thing that Elliot's got going for him. Yeah, I, I think I like Harvey Elliott in games where, and, and this is probably one of them, Liverpool's seen a lot of the ball in the final mm. third, but not quite translating that into chances because I think he's very good at finding those little pockets of space. Well, the the, goal, the yeah. second goal is, uh, sorry, the, his second assist, or yeah. well, first assist, the Liverpool's third goal is it's an example of that. He's. Yeah about four or five yards inside the area, yeah. and he still manages to get a ball yeah. up and over the defenders to the not to inside the far post where Nunes heads it in. Yeah. That, that's 
not not easy. Yeah. I think it's a really important point as well that, that Ian made about the amount of starts he's had in the league compared to the amount of starts he's had in, in cup games because, yeah. you know, probably a, a, one of the biggest criticisms that's been levelled at him this season is that he's maybe not performed as well in games that he started, but there's an argument that in those games he's been playing in a in a second, even third string Liverpool team in those cup games. He's started probably very few games where Liverpool have had a full complement of yeah. players out. And so I think, you know, it's hard to be too critical of him because I think un- until he gets a run in the team where he's starting, you know, five, six, seven Premier League games with the best players around him, I don't think you can really judge how good he is. But unfortunately for him, he's not really going to get that unless injury you know, means that, that Sabozla is out for a prolonged period or Salah's out for a prolonged period. Um, but for him to be just two appearances off, making making 100 at 20, and, and I think that, that'll make him, if he, if he gets that 100 soon, that'll be, um, he'll do it in quicker time than, than Trent Alexander-Arnold and Steven Gerrard, which is is, is no mean feat. Is, and I think as well, you know, you look at Jarrell Quanser and Connor Bradley, and we've spoken about them a lot on the pod this season and how brilliant they've been. And it's been very much like a, a breakthrough season for them. And you still very much think of them as young players who are still learning the game. Whereas Harvey Elliott, because he's been at the club for five five years now, yeah. um, and he came in when he was, he was 16, you, you sort of still think that he's... You think he's older than he is, I think. Yeah. And, and so I, I think even though Connor Bradley and, and Joel Quantz are, are young, they're, they're older than Harvey Elliott. So I think he probably gets unfair criticism at times because people think he's older and more experienced than he is. John McInerney in the comments said Harvey was the spark the team needed to start the second half. He hustles and makes great decisions when he's, he has the ball. And I think that's a very good, actually, that's another thing I was going to say. You compare that to someone like Ryan Granberch, who you could argue is more naturally talented in terms of the way that he wants to play the game. But I think his decision-making isn't quite there yeah, yet. Yeah. But that comes from the experience of playing games at that level, which Harvey's had. Yeah. How old um, Beth is Phil Phone? 23. Yeah, 23. I, I always think Phil Foden is much younger than he is. But if you look at I, I thought Pep managed him very, very well into mm-hmm. the Man City team. It was a very slow burn. He wasn't lo- launched into superstardom at 18. He he was always sort of in and out of the team until really it was last season. Didn't have to be, though. That's like, the thing. City, City yeah. can afford to do that. But but I think there's a bit kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Harvey Elliott in the sense of the way that he's been used. He's been used in the front three. He's been used, I mean, it was two seasons ago, wasn't it, that he really seemed to start playing a lot more games on the right of the midfield. Um, and but that's kind of the difference. He came out of the team when he had his injury. The difference you mentioned about the other teenagers, like, not so Trent, but mm. you look at Mike Lowe and he's one from past years. Carragher to a certain extent, certainly Steven Gerrard, they were thrown in because, yeah. oh, we need them. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas... I know they don't need Harvey Elliott, but there are times when they do need him, and if I that th- makes sense. I think the Curtis Jones comparison is really important as well because Curtis is 23, 24 this year. Oh, no, he's 23 in January, yeah. didn't yeah. he? Um, so he's, you know, two and a half years older than, than yeah. Harvey Elliott, and it's only really in the last nine, ten months that he's cemented himself in the team. So for Harvey Elliott to be doing what he's doing now, I'd argue he's maybe ahead of Curtis Jones in terms of his trajectory. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, um, it was decisive for Harvey Elliott, but it was decisive for three of the players. Diogo Jota, we'll start with him. Really. Mm. I mean, Are you worried about him? I'm not worried about Diogo okay. Jota. I don't think just, I've ever been worried about him. I don't know, I just was checking. Um, no, you you I, have I concern for certain players. It's funny with Jota, because I, I, I can't say this at the moment, I always had this feel that I didn't really like him from the start. <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you mean when he was scoring all those goals right at the beginning? Yeah, I hate him. No, no, no. But, but, but more and more, he's just got this knack, hasn't he? I mean, I know we've talked about it so often, this knack of... of being involved with goals, you know, I, I was looking at him and, and Nunes to talk about them before we started the pod, 
And I find so. So Jot has had twenty three shots this season. I know bit he's played more, but yeah, sorry, Nunes has played more. But Nunes has had sixty four shots, and and Jota has more goals than him. Well, to be um, fair, I think thirty one of those shots from Nunes hit the post. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. That that's the other thing. Jota hasn't hit the woodwork once, <laughs> and and he's hit it nine times. Nunes. So it kind of shows you the types of different the different types of striker they are. Think, they they complement yeah, each other. Yeah, I think, so I well. think with, well, also Jota has been playing on the right, hasn't he, recently? Which, with yeah. the exception of the Arsenal away game last week, which he wasn't the only one. That we were very, very much below their level. I think he's uh, he's doing all right over there. He scored against Chelsea, didn't he? Uh, in fact, that first goal against Chelsea, if you want to know what Diogo Jota's like, I've said this before, like as a footballer, that goal gets the pass from Conor Bradley. She's two defenders in front of him and goes, I know what I'll do. I'm just going to run straight at them and see what happens. Yeah. And he runs straight at them, gets the bounce, that you know, makes his own look and then tucks it away. Once he gets into that position, you expect him to score. And I think that's the, he's definitely Liverpool's... I'm not sure we've had this conversation before when Jamie Carragher said he's could he be the Liverpool's best finish in the Premier League year? Well, no. I think Robbie Fowler's better than that for a start. Um, but he's definitely Liverpool's best finisher who's there now because he's just... He can sometimes look like... Not that he's not interested, but he's just not involved. He's been not be involved. He can be here, there and everywhere. And it just looks like it, it ball bounces off him. He's not got the best control sometimes. He's not always careful in possession. But as soon as that the, the, you know, the goal comes into view, he's like, oh, I had a shot here. Yeah, I think Sorry, it's worked great. Right? Remember, big LFC hater, like siren. What are they in the in the chat? That's Paul yeah. Goss. Yeah, I don't know if there's no one. Someone there's no one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me really. I, I I don't think I ever come across a, a Liverpool hater. Maybe he thinks yeah. I'm you. In which case, yeah. that's even more offensive. Yeah, for yeah that's me. Shame, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, I don't. Um, sorry, but well, the what, the what was the point I was making about Jota? Yeah, yeah basically, Jota, he, when the goals appear, he just turns yeah. into a different. And when he first signed, they were like, he's very versatile, he can play across the front three. The other thing, though, that they said is that he's a, what he called a pressing monster, yeah. is what Pep Lid has called him. And he, you add that into his game, and he must, I tell you what, you must be an absolute pain to play against if you're a defender. Oh, absolutely. Just like, oh, just leave me alone for five minutes. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think as well, going back to the, to the point you made about him maybe not always looking interested or, or always being involved, and I think, I think that's the one thing that he gets slagged off for a little bit, isn't it, his overall game. I think that's something, yeah. I remember you saying that he scores a lot of snide goals, and yeah, he yeah. does have that ability, or he has in the past, to do absolutely so, nothing. What's a snide goal? Do, do absolutely nothing mm. for 90 minutes and then manage to, to bag a, a bag. That a sounds goal. like being very efficient with his time. Well, yeah, smart. no, but I'm just... On about what LFC hated Joe Um But I think his work rate and him him being a pressing monster that's been very apparent the last sort of month or so, especially in the absence of Mo Salah, and um, yeah, deservedly reaping the rewards of that. I think this is Jota's best best season spell season, mm-hmm. but certainly spell. You know, like you say, since Salah's gone off to, to Afcon. I mean, the way he stepped it up, I, I quite like it. I think he's becoming a bit more of a moaner on the pitch and, and that in a good way. You know, you can see him at his teammates sort of telling him to raise standards. I, I really like the way he's taking the mantle on from Salah. Um, and it'd be interesting to see when Salah comes back, how that how they, they, they coexist in the same team. Because I think they're going to have some big decisions over... Because Diaz, we know, Klopp likes Diaz. He, he almost always plays when he's fit. Um, so then how do you get... But you, you can't get the four of them into the same team. But but how how they line up, I think, will be fascinating. Five. Um, There's Gakpo as well. Gakpo, oh, sorry. Yeah, I am forgetting Gakpo. Um, and I like Gakpo a lot. 
not a big Gakpo hater. But um, I really love the goal anyway at the weekend because if you see it, the goalkeeper comes, misses it. And there's I think there's three Liverpool players. And I can't remember who's either side of him, but two big lads either side of him. And Jota gets in there. And we know how good he is in the air. But it was just a really good header from a very clever forward. Yes. Yes. Well, that's it. <laughs> Same in vain. We'll move on to Darwin Nunes. Right. Darwin Nunes... Um, yeah, I, again, I was kind of comparing the two and look at the amount of shots he has. The goal involvement he has is off the chart. He just, I mean, but just look at that. He's in the he's in the top percentile for pretty much everything around around goal, and um, and seeing him get another goal at the weekend was was, I think, really well timed. Um, how impressed have you been with him this season? You feel like he's still sort of on an upward trajectory as well, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I mean, as much as I'd love to have. Erling Haaland in this Liverpool team in terms of the amount of goals that he scores. I'm not sure there's any player that I would swap Darwin Nunes, Darwin Nunes for at the moment because, like you say, he contributes so much, doesn't he, even when he's not scoring goals. And I think, you know, I was delighted for him to get on the score sheet on, on Saturday because I think there's been quite a few times lately we've spoke about him and spoke about how brilliant he's been, but it's always come with the caveat of he's not quite got his yeah. goal, he's hit the post or he's had, you know, he had the penalty saves against Chelsea. Um, so for him to, to play really really well because I think he, he was probably one of Liverpool's be- better players certainly in, in the second half on um, on Saturday it, for him to get the goals and it, it was a tremendous header wasn't it it wasn't yeah. just sort of like a you know a, an easy an easy tapping goal it was when you when you watch the, that header back it was it was brilliant um, so for him to get that to sort of crown a, a really accomplished performance I was I was really happy for him and I think you know you see what it means to him the way he, he ran and, and celebrated you feel like it was a bit of a weight off his shoulders I think you're just waiting now for him to go on a run where he scores you know three four five games in a row I think that's the next step for him now I think he's he's demonstrating a consistency in terms of his performance levels because I think there's rarely a game goes by where he doesn't have a big yeah. impact on the game but I think it would be nice to see him go on a on a sort of a scoring streak of you know four five six games so just just pick up on something you said you wouldn't swap him for Mbappe well, Belling, I said there's players. Well, yeah, a completely different. Player. Yeah, but you've got five forwards. You can just play the midfield. <laughs> I think. Well, I, I think players who are available to Liverpool at this moment in time. I don't think there's anyone who I would would sort of put in put in there in his place. His contribution to Liverpool's all all round game. I think often goes unnoticed, and, and in the banter era, and especially Nunes, seemed to have been on the receiving end of that more than probably any player in the Premier League over the past eighteen months. You know, it just it goes unnoticed. You know, I think it doesn't buy Liverpool supporters, but certainly elsewhere. You know, we've like you say, we've seen so many times when he hasn't scored, um, when he's been a big part of creating chances, putting teams on the back foot, just getting the crowd up. I, I think that's a massive thing, and people don't necessarily always. You, you don't see that in the highlights, but when you have a player like Nunes, whose whose attitude from the start gets the crowd going. I think that can really set the tone for a good performance. So I think it's great. I think you're right. I'd like to start seeing him, like Jota, get that you know get the third goal in a three-one win. Get get those types of goals that that you know that they just get his numbers up. Yeah. And and I think you're seeing them slowly creep up. But I'd love to see him go on a run now of of a few games. You know, especially if you're playing the likes of Brentford, Luton. That's when you really want to see Nunes be decisive and, and make sure that those teams you put those teams to the sword. What, what about you? You um. 
Someone said that Nunes is better than Mbappe there in the <laughs> that what hit the post. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give him that. But what, what have you made of him? Obviously, you've watched a lot of lot. You've watched every minute of Liverpool's football this season, apart from um, the Leicester game. Apart from which was the Leicester game? The Willie one in the League Cup. I was oh, off then. Well, yeah, okay. But... Yeah. Also, I probably fell asleep part of the yeah. games as well. So, but where, what do you what have you made of his overall contribution this season? Well, I mean, I've said from the start of the season that obviously I saw him in the summer, and it's like, well, there's, there's no any, there's no debate anymore over whether he's good enough to play for Liverpool. Yeah. That's gone because everybody now knows that he is. What I think is quite funny is I think now you're seeing rival, not the players because they get briefed and they do all the analysis mm -hmm. they know, but rival fans are sometimes coming up against Liverpool, and New Nunes will like have a good game, and they'll be like, hang on, he's supposed to be rubbish. Yeah. So he's kind of challenging those, you know. I wouldn't say misconception because he, there were spells last season where he wasn't particularly good and that's why he didn't play hardly in the last 10, 11 games of the season when Liverpool went unbeaten. I think he only started two of the games, if that. So it wasn't without foundation, but that's all long gone now. Yeah. I mean, it isn't just his goals. But you say he's involved in so much stuff. I mean, it was a it was a typical game, wasn't it, for him. He misses a really good chance uh, towards the end, scores, yeah. gets booked for next to for something <laughs> stupid. You know, and then just, you know, knocks opposing players over and the crowd will absolutely love him. So, you know, whatever fan you are of any team, if you've got a player who's on there giving 100%, you're always going to take to him. But that, he then on top of that, he's starting to make a difference, as Beth said, in in games. Even, you know, you look at the, the Chelsea game where he didn't score, did he? But say he hit the post 15,000 times or whatever it was. You know, yeah. he, he made a massive difference in that game and... I, playing down, uh, funny, funny for him. Sorry, funny, that was funny, his best performance of the yeah, season. Funny for him is that whenever he then has a good game, or he has a couple of good games in the, either on the left or down the middle. I think as we mentioned this before, is that then he has a bad one. They just move him to the left just to try and yeah. get his confidence back or move it around. So I do think he's a player that, again, going back to if there's a cup final coming up in a couple of weeks, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start. Oh. He, he... I mean, he has to start. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. He's talking. It's yeah. a cup final, and now we're talking like, yeah. he, oh, he has to start. What that, does that, that tell that's, you? That's that is why the the front three is so fascinating because let's say Salah, which hopefully will be, will be fit for that game. I mean, it's not a conversation really for today, but it does make me think who who starts in that game. I, I think on on form at the moment, my I don't know what sort of order you'll put them in, but I think Salah's obviously got to be on the yeah. pitch. Nunes has got to be on the pitch, and Jota's got to be on the pitch. Um. But there's a reason why Klopp would like to come yeah. to this. Yeah. I think tactically he 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 obviously he, he helps the shape, doesn't he? And he uh, th there must be a reason why Klopp picks him in almost every game. Yeah, and I think lately he's looked a lot closer to the player that yeah. Liverpool signs. I think still maybe not quite hitting those heights, and perhaps that should be expected considering that you know he's. It had a had a really serious injury that he's been coming back from, and obviously the most horrendous personal circumstances off the pitch as well in the in the last few months. So, um, I think credit to him for getting back to the level he's got to. I think he is infuriating at times because I think that there's there's moments where you really would just love him to take someone down the line and and beat his man in the same way he did when he first came to Liverpool. And sometimes he, he almost seems a little bit reluctant to do that, but he's he is a fantastic player, and there is a reason that that Jurgen Klopp continues to 
continues to pick him. I mean, my, my one concern actually with Nunes at the moment is he has picked up quite a few daft yellow cards lately and I'm sort of starting to think how many more does he need before he gets a, a two-match suspension? I think it's two or three up, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah. the last thing Liverpool want is him getting that before the, the Manchester City game, for yeah. example, because that's the sort of game you want Darwin Nunes playing in again. That's yeah. probably a testament to, to how much he's improved this season because yeah. it seems sort of inconceivable that he, he wouldn't play in that game. Yeah, and if you look at last season, like I thought Cody Gakpo got a lot of football because tactically he seemed to understand what Klopp wanted from him whereas yeah. Nunes like you say at the end of the season it's almost like they took him out of the team and thought well you know what we'll have to get him up to speed and they, and they, to their credit they did that so well in the summer but now they've got him up to speed Gakpo can't really get in the team because he's really dropped into the he's still scored nine and ten goals I know, I know. Gakpo, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not knocking him but compared to the levels sure? the other three four are <laughs> operating at this season I mean Diaz is one isn't he I think it, He's had a strange season, Diaz. Obviously, some really difficult personal problems away from the pitch. Um, but he has been inconsistent at times. If you go yeah. from the Burnley game when Jota came back and Diaz set up Jota for that yeah. goal right at the end, have a look at what the three of them have done in terms of the numbers. I think Jota's got eight, eight goal involved in 10 and yeah. Diaz is not far off, off, off that as well. And Nunes, similar. And just going back to the, the League Cup final points, I don't think Salah starts. I don't think he starts... That's a big... And the, well, there's two, two, two reasons for that. One, he still hasn't made his comeback yet, and the final's in 11, 12 days, so it's not far, well, 13 there's days. There's still two games. Yeah, but it's 13 days off, yeah. right. And he hasn't played a game for Liverpool in six weeks now. Mm. And also, in the League Cup, he hardly plays a game anyway, normally. So if there's one game that he can't really complain too much about not starting, it's that one. I will have you a gentleman's bet. No. Right here that he starts that game. Uh, how much? <laughs> Five English pounds. Five English pounds. Yeah. Five English pounds. Yeah, there you go. There okay, you go. there you go. There yeah, you go. right. But because I think Salah, the the personality is, will will start that game. Okay, we'll see. Imagine them now starting. There you go. It's a podcast first, and it's first. Because what will happen literally in training tomorrow? Yeah. All, all, all three of the boys will just run into each other and reel themselves yeah, out, course, just to yeah. annoy me. Yeah. Listen, that's a, a, we'll we'll avoid the bet if if not everyone is fifth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Starting um, to regret his decision. He is, yeah, he's backtracking. Me? I'm not. Yeah, I, I look at that. Helps me. That helps me. I'm not. I'm not worried. Um, right. What What else did I have on the agenda? Curtis. <laughs> Curtis. Um, well, Trent's injury first. Yeah. That that is a worry for Liverpool, isn't it? I mean, they've just got him back. Um, it, Klopp did say after the game, didn't he, that I think Trent would have carried on had he had he had his way. But yeah. It was a knee. Um, it's a strange one because they, they, they quite clearly can't. They're just concerned. I think if they'd only had like two players out injured, they would have let him play on. Yeah. They had so many, they just went, nah, we cannot be doing with somebody else being out for ages, especially with, you know, the right back situation being what it is at the moment. Although that could easily change in the, in the next couple of days anyway. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, I think they're just taking no chances and segueing again into Curtis, who moved to right back and did very, very well. It's not the first time he's played right back this season in the game that you didn't see. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah um, first time I saw yeah, him play. Yeah, um, right back in the, against Leicester in the League Cup. But I mean, the levels Curtis Jones has put in this season, I think, has been been remarkable. But versatility like that, I mean, is is just it's huge for a Klopp team um, mm. because. Clock demands out of his players, but I think it just shows a maturity, doesn't it, in, in Curtis Jones's game? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, in one sense, I think being a, 
sort of a, a bit of a utility player or a versatile player can work against you when you're a young player coming into a team because you know like we've said with Harvey Elliott what is his best position and I think with Curtis Jones you know he obviously came through as a, as a winger didn't he from the academy and there was maybe a little bit of, of time when you thought where is his best position um, but I think he's actually turned that into a strength and like you say that versatility to be able to play it it right back and, and not really put a foot wrong um, it, it is hugely encouraging. I mean, I wouldn't want him starting there in a, in a huge game against Manchester City, up, for example. But the fact that he can turn his hand to that is, is yeah. really useful, particularly considering that the problems Liverpool have had with, with injury issues at, at full-back this season. So, yeah, it's, it's a real credit to him. And, and yeah, I think a, a year ago even, people were probably questioning, does he have a long-term future at Liverpool? Is he going to be a regular fixture in this team? And I think now he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, which, again, is, is huge credit to, to the work that he's done. I think as well that that facility allowed Liverpool, in a, albeit it was an enforced change, but allowed Liverpool to get another attacking player on to overload Burnley and eventually make the breakthrough. It was Having that in his locker is, is invaluable, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> that's not the point of the podcast though, it? I've spoken enough already there'll be people complaining about me okay, talking let's, on it let's talk Alonso then because we're moving on from the game now I think we've covered every big theme from that game we want to talk Shabby Alonso the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo a massive winner for him at the weekend yeah. five points clear of the Bundesliga I don't think people quite I've talked to Gorsi on the phone before about this. I was thinking, don't think people quite recognise the achievement that would be if he can beat. And there's still a long way to go. And we've seen teams with bigger leads collapse in the Bundesliga and Bayern's machine sort of... Do you mean Dortmund? Through their Dortmund. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but he'd be the first manager, wouldn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong, to break up that... I think Bayern Munich won it every season since since Klopp departed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he'd be the first manager to break break that that monopoly up. Second, they call them Neverkusen. Not Neverkusen, because that wouldn't work. Neverkusen, <laughs> which is interesting because, because yeah. obviously the German, yeah. and yeah. that's not the German word for never. Yeah, I don't know what the German word for never is. I did German at GCSE, but I know it's not never. I don't think that's the interesting bit. I think the interesting bit would be if he won the title with no, the, I think, with the title Excuse Leverkusen. me. So let's ask our producer which yeah. was more interesting. <laughs> no, no, no comment. But, but it... You know, I think it would be such a massive achievement. But they won that game. They won it in an impressive fashion. I mean, what he's doing there is, is really, really impressive. And it's not just because he's an ex-Liverpool player that he's being linked. Where With, with Gerrard, I often thought just the emotional connection was, was the link. He did win the league with Rangers, to be he did, fair. He did, but with Alonso, it seems to be a really good body of work that, that is, means that he is... Well, he's, he's only been there. He's not even been there. It's a year now. Is it, it was it was, yeah yeah. So I mean, by the end of the season, it'll be eighteen months. You know, so I could count the mm. the calendar years, yeah. months even. Uh, and with Alonso, it's funny if you want to know an example of how big a deal it is that Bayer Leverkusen are doing that well. If they'd have lost that game, they'd have gone to second, and they've had this season where they've not lost a single game and drawn about two or three, and that's it. And still, they've not been able to get away from Bayern Munich until winning that game, which obviously three nil. Fairly convincingly. Always good to see a goal where the you know, Chris Beasley, our colleague, would be made up at that last goal because yeah. the goalkeeper had gone up and left his goal unattended, which is a you know, yeah. a word we don't say a lot. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think for Alonso, the big thing is what's gonna happen over the next couple of months. Because he's gotta get this over the line now. It's still in the cup, aren't they? I mean, the, the, you know, you would expect Bayern to win almost every single game between now and the end of the season because of who they are. Yeah. And it's just, a, it'll be an interesting test of his, 
it's a, it is a test of his managerial ability, isn't it? Hmm. It's one thing, you know, to set up a team, yeah, you know, it's to be this, that, and all the other, and you know the players, but then it's actually the last bit of, right, and now we need to try and win something. I need to take a team, certainly one against the odds, to go and win something. That's the hard bit. Yeah. Well, since, since I think, was it Hulier was appointed, Liverpool have always appointed managers with silverware on their, on their CV. Hmm. You know, Rodgers was the one, wasn't he, that didn't have, I think, mid to have the championship. No, I don't think he did, did They got through the playoffs, didn't they? So yeah. If you could Rodgers win anything. Roy Hodgson, you can't argue with his record at Malmo, can you? Yeah. Can't, or what, what those other, um, what's the, the Swiss team that, whose name I can't remember? Neuchatel Shamak. That's it, yeah. You can't yeah. argue with his record there. But, you know, they, they Rodgers was the one, and I always felt from the beginning with Rodgers there wasn't the support from him from, from, well, support I, 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 from fans because he didn't have that in his CV, whereas Alonso, if he I, can get it... I think right. with Rodgers as well, is that going to Anfield, taking over at Liverpool, he was like using it as a finishing school for himself as a manager, yeah. and you can't really do that. And I think while Alonso is obviously a young manager, he's not young at dealing with massive no, teams because no. he's been at Bayern, Bayern, Madrid, and Liverpool. And I mentioned this before, it's the Zidane thing, you know. Yeah. Zidane taking over at Real Madrid after about a year at Castilla, I think it was, and it was like... Well, what's he doing that for? He's had no experience. He's like, well, yeah, but he's played for Real Madrid for yeah. a lot of years. He knows exactly what that dressing room's like. He knows exactly what to expect. He knows all about the pressure. So he's probably the best person who could probably do it. Pep there might be, there, there might, yeah, there might be better managers low down the league at, at getting things you know yeah. from teams who shouldn't really be doing that. But that doesn't really help you when you walk into somewhere like Real Madrid. And I think, obviously, Liverpool aren't set up the same way as Real Madrid. But Alonso will know exactly what to expect. Whereas yeah. perhaps somebody else who's linked with the job perhaps does not. Yeah, I, I look at Alonso and I think, you know, obviously when, when Liverpool got Klopp, he was one of the most sought after managers on the planet. Um, him and Ancelotti were the, the two that I think most Liverpool fans were sort of sort of wishing for at the time when he came in. But um Klopp, you look at Klopp's record, he'd won two Bundesliga titles, the German Cup. He obviously got to the Champions League final ended in heartbreak. His personality was the sort of, almost as beyond the trophies, it was his personality that was the, the unique selling point. Alonso, and he's also taken Mainz up, Alonso's record, if he does win the Bundesliga, won't be too dissimilar to Klopp's. You know, he'd have one Bundesliga title with a team that was massive, massive underdogs, taking a team from also runs to, to ch title challenges and winners. He took, he took Real Sociedad B. It was their first promotion, I think, in 50 years mm -hmm. to, to, to the second division in Spain. So that's sort of your minds. Mm -hmm. So And then he has the personality and the affection with, with the Liverpool crowd. So it, it, it does sort of all make sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think it, it's weird, really, because I think usually when, when there's sort of... Um you know a manager leaving you have a a list of five or six candidates who you feel of maybe sort of really strong or potentially really strong contenders and i think you know that some of the the candidates on the market now is a dan um is a is has proven that he can he can win trophies at real madrid but i don't necessarily think he would be the right fit for liverpool and i think you know alonso might not have won as much he might how many champions leagues does as Zidane won as manager three is it I don't think it was three, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he, he won the three on the trot. Yeah. So even though sort of the silverware sort of trumps what Alonso has done so far, I think the fact that he has the potential to do something really, really special this season, coupled with that sort of the, the romantic element of his, you know, a, yeah. a player who was adored by by Liverpool fans and will therefore be probably given a little bit more time, I yeah. think, if things don't don't go to plan. Um, 
and I think as well, you know, the, this Liverpool team is still quite new, isn't it? It's still yeah. sort of in its early stages, which is why it's so impressive that they're where they are this season, why Ian Doyle perhaps thought they were going to finish fifth. Um, so to bring in an exciting young manager as well, um, you know, hopefully to, to be able to, to sort of make his real sort of mark on the team would, would be really exciting. Yeah, as someone in the comments has said, do you think Bayern might try and snatch him before Liverpool do? And Bayer Leverkusen's chief executive said at the weekend that he thinks that he will end up staying port. I don't know, because sometimes in sometimes in German clubs I think they're quite They have to say stuff like that when, when yeah, but they have to say stuff like that when they are still competing for th- on three yeah. fronts. And the other complication is that Bayer Leverkusen could well end up playing Liverpool in the Europa League. Sure. So absolutely they can't they're, they're not gonna say anything. The, the, the point I was trying to get to is, do you think Liverpool have a bigger, and if they do go for Alonso, they have a bigger fight in their hands perhaps to persuade him? Because he is quite, obviously the Liverpool job will be very attractive to him, but it won't be the only job offer, I'm sure, that will come his way. And secondly, he does seem quite a sensible guy. And he keeps, seems, I remember Klopp being linked with a number of clubs. I mean, he famously turned United down, didn't he, or did they turn it? I think he turned United yeah. down earlier in his career because he didn't feel he was ready. Alonso almost strikes me as that sort of, he'll have the, the confidence in his own ability to say, no, not yet, if he doesn't feel like it's the right time. Do, do you think there's a, a chance that this this could be quite a big fight to persuade him? Not really, because whoever takes over is going to end up getting a really good Liverpool team, which is unusual because the last time somebody came from the outside and had a good Liverpool team to take over is never. So, yeah. there you go. I think in a way, Liverpool. I think certainly if he wins the Bundesliga, Liverpool is probably the perfect club for him because yeah. I think you know you go to to Bayern and instantly the expectation, particularly if they've not won it the Absolutely. year before, yeah. is to win the league. That's yeah. sort of a, a non-negotiable. Where it's not quite the same as Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool obviously fans want want you to win the league, but if you don't, it's yeah. not a crisis for uh, Bayern. So I think the only other club that could sort of trump Liverpool to it would be Real Madrid. Now they extended Ancelotti's contract. Last year, I want to say, I think. In, in... Certainly it was recently. Yeah, fairly recently. And I almost think that at this stage of his career, Real Madrid might be too big for him. I think, yeah. not that he wouldn't be capable of doing the job, he could go there and be a huge success. But I think Liverpool is big enough that it can, you know, really elevate his status and take him to the next level as a manager, but not big enough that it's going to ruin his career if it doesn't all go to plan. Yeah. Also, I think he's got a greater affinity for Liverpool than he has at Real Madrid and by Munich. He has a great affinity yeah. for them. Do you yeah. think so? Yeah. yeah. I think not I, Real Madrid. No. No. Why did you say that? I've just said that. I was going to ask you before we move on from Alonso. Um, I based that on I saw an interview when he was talking about it. I can't remember where I saw it, but he yeah. definitely did say. Yeah. Well, you won't, will be one of the people old enough here to have dealt with Alonso as a player. Yes. What was he like? Can Would you, you like to hear? Uh, given the fact I was going to say funny story, but now that the bar's been set so high, not funny story. What What was the bar set so high by? With the whole Nebuchadnezzar thing, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that if you if you tune in to this podcast for comedy, I don't know whether that would be a cup of tea. But anyway, go well, on. we used to speak to him in the mix zone uh, because obviously his English wasn't absolutely brilliant. It's a, it's very good now, by the way. I have to say it was very good by the time he left. Yeah. But he would always be concentrating very much on what you were asking him. So the look on his face was always as though he was talking to an idiot. Like he thought I was one, which to be fair, he's yeah. not far off. But yeah, it's the same look we're yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. And anybody watching this at the moment. Yeah. But no, as I say, he was very, very good, very knowledgeable, very polite, which I've always got a lot of time for. Yeah, yeah. Politeness from footballers. And uh, looks no, a polite man. Yeah, he is. Very and stylish he, uh, as well. He, yeah. He's, he's a 
what, what, what did they say? Dreamboat? Is he a dreamboat? He's a dreamboat? gorgeous man. He is, yeah, basically, yeah. 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 There's, a, there's no doubt about that. And I think as well, there was a lot made with the weekend about after that win and bringing his, his backroom staff onto the pitch and, yeah. and making sure they got sort of a round of applause from the fans as well, which is a very clop thing to do. A lot of Arsenal fans made a big deal of that, didn't they? Saying, oh, look at this, this is why I've been able to go at them. And, yeah, well, he didn't pick up a, a camera and start snapping people and dancing along to Abba, did he? But I, I think there's probably a, a sense that that he could he's a very Liverpool manager yeah. and maybe this is maybe a bit too romantic but that transition from from Bill Shankly to Bob Paisley to to a to a enigmatic manager but still yeah. you know a little bit quieter not yeah. quite as as big a character there maybe are some parallels between Klopp and Alonso in in that sense I'm all in Alonso it's just very quick question um Alonso themed I remember his debut very very Clearly, um, it was Norwich, wasn't it? Anfield, and he, he just the way he sprayed the ball around was like uh, it was one of those debuts that you went, Wow, you know, you almost the second he got the ball, sprayed a couple of passes around, you thought, This guy has got great class. Um, Where's do you remember going? his debut? No, I can't remember. No, 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 I was just gonna ask, do are there any other players' debuts like that that you remember from the moment they got the ball? You're thinking, Oh, god, they've got a player here. Harvey Elias. Harvey Elias. I've mentioned it before, yeah. 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 But the, to be fair, that was against Oldham in the EFL yeah. trophy. Yeah. Not quite the same. Yeah. Any bigger bigger names than Was Harvey Darwin Nunes in the uh, Community Shield? Yeah, well, I wasn't wasn't thinking like, oh, he's oh, going to yeah. be the greatest player ever at that point, to be fair. Um, I was when he, when he whipped his shirt off. That's a good question there. Um, yeah. Talk between yourselves, let me think. <laughs> God. Um, Trying to think, we can't have dead space. I'll talk. Yeah, it, okay. it's, well, it's, well, I was going to say, I can tell you what his best performance in Liverpool was, and that was against Lord Everton. Lord. Everton in the three-one derby, where Gerard got sent yeah, off yeah, really yeah. early on, and then it was up to him to step it up. And I thought he was very, very good on that day. That was his best. Virgil game. Van Dijk scored against Everton yeah. on his debut, didn't he? Yeah, but that was very much like a goal, a moment. Uh, with Alonso, it was more like from the moment they got the ball. This is this is what I'm wrong about. It wasn't his debut, so it kind of doesn't really count. That was brilliant. So remember, what, what, what remember, are you talking about? I remember Andy his debut was against Tottenham, wasn't it? Because Tottenham, wasn't it? Away? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I wasn't at that one either. Debut. Sorry, I was talking about. But I remember Andy Carroll scoring twice against Man City and thinking, yeah, we've got the next Shearer. Lovely. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was fully on board with Andy Carroll. I really thought, what <laughs> a great player. Something wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, yeah. what did he do? He scored some. He scored a, a great goal at Wembley that that was mm. that would be a very good memory for me. Um. So so yeah. Who was Thiago's debut against? I remember his first few first few times I saw him play, thinking like, wow, he's he's a different. Thiago came on, came on against Chelsea. Yeah, they yeah. got yeah. the virus. Yeah, uh, Tias, Tias, he's one. Yeah, he had a good first yeah. game. The the great name spit roasted penguin has said the Nandi. Thanks for showing debut against City three 0 Well, Peter, yeah, we just yeah, well on that. He's got a great header yeah. and, a, and a long range left footed effort. And I thought great left foot, great in the air. Liverpool have got some player here. Put him together with Suarez, and nothing will stop us. A lot of things stopped us, but yeah. Um, so anyway. Quick, quick before we, we wrap this up. Um, thanks, Pit Rose, for that one. Um, um, blue cards, you want to stop blue cards? Blue cards, ridiculous idea. Simbin's not a bad idea, but only if they're going to replace yellow cards, which they never will. Having another card just makes the game even more complicated and puts more power into the referee's hands And they, when they should be concentrating more on streamlining the rules so they can implement them more effectively. Next question. We, we Well, you, you're the one that insisted that I asked that question. I've got two to what we call in Liverpool Bulls alongside me, so I would... Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm leading to something I'm certainly not from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but um, 
<laughs> I thought you might have both been in favour of Simbins. Well, because uh, we're from rugby league family. Yeah, yeah, basically that <laughs> it. It doesn't really work like that. And yeah. the 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 one problem with the Simbins in rugby league is that referees can sometimes hide behind them rather than sending players off yeah. for events that they should have yeah. been. Because what they can do then is put them on report or Simbin them, I, yeah. and then they can deal with them later on. At this moment in time, the relationship that football clubs and fans have with with referees and officiating in general does not need to be made any more complicated i think jürgen klopp said on saturday didn't he? it'd be like the, the wild west if yeah, they introduced yeah. a third card and it, it would imagine that the length of the debates that would be had about the about officiating with, longer than this with podcast, I, I i just think they they just cannot make officials lives more difficult and by introducing something like that they, they do i mean that i I still think they are was meant to make their lives easier. It's made it much harder because now we all get another look at something and they get another another chance to make a mistake, don't they? So I, I think it wasn't perfect the way it was, but I preferred it pre-VAR if you put another layer into it. It's good. Don't mind the upsides of VAR. They're pretty much... I think you need to bring in... Yeah, but that's the that Even though I don't even love that because it's so, you know... But it is. It is. It's like the goal, ball, yeah. goal line, isn't it? They need but, to bring in the, the, the automated offsides don't they the ones that you have at major tournaments i don't know why and if a lot of clubs voted against that yeah. didn't they for some reason but yeah. i think they need to bring that in but that's a different story for a different day it's ai isn't it can't trust ai we'll give the final word to spit roasted penguin before we can just stop saying uh, well no it's something he said you guys are filthy minds you too I, I... <laughs> spit roast can be oh wait is that worse okay well well um... it's a boozy and a penguin Apart from it, unless it's a chocolate one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. But not a breakaway. R.I.P. Breakaways. Yeah, R.I.P. Breakaways. That, Saturday. Was, um, that was a that was a, that was a blow. Yeah, yeah. It was. Right. Um, before we go, um, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at Ian Doyle Sport, and I'm also on Instagram and Threads at Ian underscore Doyle underscore Sport. Lovely, Beth. Where can we find you? Just on Twitter at um, at Beth underscore Lindop. Yeah. yeah, at Joe River eighty eight on X, not Twitter. It's Twitter. It's very no one calls it X. Um, thank you for listening. Um, we'll be live again on Friday. We'll be in between with different podcasts, but live every Monday, Friday on the Blood Red Podcast. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, download our app. It's really good. Um, and thanks for all your support. We'll be back then. See you then. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.